0: Hello everybody and welcome to the new episode from Equality in Business, our podcast to create awareness about equality in the business world by actively engaging students about relevant topics in a professional manner. My name is Dina, I'm the founder and president of Equality in Business, and for today's episode I have the pleasure to speak with Mike O'Reilly. Based in the UK, Mike works as a consultant helping a variety of clients from smaller SMEs to large multinationals um, to redesign their business processes and their organizational structure to achieve the proposed business goals in the most efficient way possible. As a consultant, Mike is also involved in the implementation of the plan strategies alongside with the client, providing mentoring, in-house training, um, et cetera, to boost employee engagement. But besides consulting, Mike runs training courses regarding working in a multi-generational environment. So today we'll be exploring age diversity in a business setting. What are the common pitfalls when it comes to managing employees with more advanced age, for example, and how can we overcome them? This is uh, what it, what the next 30 minutes are going to be all about. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today, Mike.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> and before we get started with today's topic, um, we'll be starting with our little ritual. So in the end of each episode, um, we let our guest ask a question to our next guest. Um, so in our last episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mark and John, which are the founders of John's Crazy Socks. Have you ever heard of that company? Do you know them?
1: Uh, yes, I have, actually yes yes oh funny okay
0: yes Yes. nice Um, so uh, basically John's question for you was what is it about your business that you'd like to gather your grandchildren around and say I want you to know this was the thing I did what mattered the most
1: yeah uh, good question I I think um, (laughs) one of the things that uh, has always uh, sort of struck home with me, uh, regardless of what I do with the age diversity network or anything is to be able to um, literally treat everyone um, in exactly the same way you would like to be treated. And by effectively creating an organization that actively promotes age diversity in the workplace, uh, we manage to change how people think. That's the, the, the message that I would like to leave uh with my grandchildren uh and and anyone else for that matter um i think i think you know if we have managed to change uh anyone's train of thought and understanding uh in what i'm quite passionate about uh that can't be a bad thing
0: yeah i 100 agree interestingly because i i tend to uh, stalk my my guests before <laughs> having the interview. So I stalked your in, uh, LinkedIn profile uh-huh. um, and saw the recommendations, the endorsements you got, in which we can see in the end of the LinkedIn profile. Okay. And what I really really liked about all the the, the feedbacks you received was not not the fo- the focus on I would say business things or knowledge that you have, but more the way how you how you behave with people, how you care about people, mm, yeah. uh, how you treat people around you. Yeah. And this has been like a red line throughout all of these comments and this this was another reason why i was very excited to get to know you to speak to you <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um because i think this is this is such an important skill and strength nowadays yeah absolutely. and something that is so importantly needed because it actually has a major impact on business and performance and results yes i think it does
1: uh, uh most definitely i think uh, there are uh, lots of people unfortunately in any line of business um, that can either act in a dictatorial manner um, or be all inclusive, um, and and at the end of the day, that that's what we're we're uh, all trying to promote anyway. It's inclusivity. I think that with any any business um, where you have either multi generational, multiracial, anything that that uh, uh, people are working in inclusivity to me is seriously important and that that ranges from uh, the least experience to the most experience it doesn't matter what job you do i think everyone plays an important part and at the end of the day an individual their own role is seriously important to them and they often need support they need encouragement um, and they need inclusivity and the only way you can really do that is by wrapping your arm around them, helping them along their way, giving them advice and making them feel comfortable and making them feel that what they are doing is of great value to the organization and to you personally. So I think for me, it, it really is something that uh, I've, I've done for most of my business life uh, from the, 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 the new intakes to the senior people that, that work for me. Everyone gets my time if they want it and and it can sound a bit cliched where people say I operate an open door policy, um, but I seriously do Anyone wants to talk to me about anything uh, i 'm there to talk to them and give them advice if i 'm in a position to if i 'm not then certainly i'll i'll point them in the right direction
0: yeah hundred percent agree and and i hundred percent believe that this this is the key um To success also in terms of performance within a company because uh, how often does someone tell you uh, i have an open door policy um, but because of their behavior or communication style or or the distant way you don't really believe or feel that you could go there literally every time Mm -hmm. so i think um I would say it's the overall picture that you uh yeah that you post to someone else that gives you the feeling okay I'm I'm taken serious here I'm valued and I can go there whenever I need and and get help or speak about it or get advice or feedback or whatever absolutely yes nice thanks a lot for sharing your thoughts I, I really like that okay um so heading into age diversity actually a topic that I've never really touched upon uh, deeply, so I'm super curious to hear more from your side, Um, since you founded the Age Diversity Network, so a network that specifically tackles, um, if I understood correctly, especially um, discrimination of uh, older generation in the workplace. Is that correct? Or could you maybe give us a little introduction? What exactly is it about? And um, why did you start
1: it? Okay, fine. Um, Yes, yes, Age Diversity Network. It it, it was really started um, as a result of... Um, issues that I could see firsthand in older workers either obtaining uh, work, interviews even, and trying to be taken seriously in an organization where they may have been there, say, for 20, 25 years, and and, uh, often the perception would be, well, good old Joe or Mary, uh, they've been here a very long time, they plod along, they get on with their work, but... Uh, often they might think, well, I'd like to do something different. I, I still would like a little bit of a career, um, not necessarily sort of shooting for the stars, but but a little bit more responsibility. And also I, I came across a lot of people that were finding it very, very tough to even obtain interviews because of their age. It's very difficult to prove because ageism does exist out there, but uh, a lot of it is possibly um, by either – which we've all heard the 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 term unconscious bias uh that that often people will look at them and think well they either won't fit in with the culture that we've got you know most of our people are in their 20s or 30s and you've got someone here in their 50s and uh i don't quite think they'll mix uh or or it may well be that um they, they just think that they, they won't be able to learn or change or be up to date with with current uh, technology or, or the way that people work, etc. And I think over time, it became more and more of an issue for a lot of people. And let, let's not forget that ageism doesn't necessarily mean that people have to be in their 50s or 60s. Uh, I would say about 10 years or so ago, it was reaching people in their 40s. Um, now it's it's actually affecting a lot of people that I've spoken to that uh, are in their late 30s and early 40s. So ageism isn't something where you build up this picture and think it's someone walking along the street with a walking stick or or what have you. It's something that as people get older, I think the, the perception of what they might bring to the table can be looked at one of two ways. One can be There's plenty of experience here and we should utilize that to the best of our ability and see what we can get this person to do for us and we can learn from it. And the other one is that actually they've only got so many years uh, in front of them. And quite frankly, you know, it's probably not worth our time investing the time and trouble into integrating them into organization. So I saw this quite a lot and I thought, well, actually, is there anything that I can do um, to help this situation? And, and let, let's, let's be honest, I, I suffered it too. I, uh, you know, Often I've sort of looked at uh, organizations and tried to work out how I think I might be able to help them in either a consultancy basis or a permanent basis and uh, use the experience and skills that I've got to help them do whatever it is they need to do. And I think over time, As it's got more and more difficult, I started to look at why why is this happening? Um, Is there something that can be done? So so the logical step for me was to try and set up uh, an organization that uh, focuses specifically on the older workers. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm dismissing any other uh, diversity issue out there, but it's obviously the one that I focus on. And I think a large number of companies will often say that they open up their doors to any diverse people and whatever that may be. But in reality, it's not necessarily the case. I I find a lot of organizations will um, just tick boxes to say that they're actually following uh, a process, that they are... Uh, abiding by the ethics of the organization and people can see them for being an all-inclusive employer, but that's not strictly true. So Age Diversity Network really came about to do two things. One is to try and build it into something where advice and help can be given to people who are in that situation of finding it difficult to find work, to see whatever we can do to either give them any tools and contacts that might help them in their search for work. And also the second part is to work with organizations to see how we could educate and train them uh, to help them understand what the older workforce can actually bring to their business. Often you'll find that uh, as people get older, they may change in in their views, they may change how how they react and they may be more mellow. They may take a step back, not light up like a firework if something goes wrong and then start looking at things in a different uh, way. That doesn't necessarily mean everyone can't do that, but but naturally I find that people sort of mellow a little bit as they get a bit older anyway. And it's it's sort of trying to work with organizations to say, hey, look, you know, you've know, you got all of these skills out there and uh, quite frankly, they're going to waste and, and you could be utilizing these. Well, one of the best, um, examples that uh, I've tried to quote in the past is if any of the listeners have seen the film uh, with Robert De Niro called The Intern. Um,
0: Yeah, I actually have. Well, there you go. That's a
1: classic (laughs) classic example. You've got somebody older who comes in. uh, The the initial reaction is, oh my goodness, who's this really old intern we've got? And he's (laughs) not going to be any use to us. We need to try and get rid of him somehow.
0: And why is he so different?
1: Absolutely, and it turns out that you know the the cool head, the calmness uh, of hi, of him, and the advice that he was able to offer um, turned out for the better. So you know, it, it, it's uh, that's only one very small example, but but what we're trying to do is to to get closer to businesses to to get them to understand how they can actually interact with older workers, give them the opportunity to come in. Unfortunately, a lot of recruitment these days is done uh, on on the dreaded ATS system. So if you don't have the keywords in your CV, then you're not even going to get past uh, the automated system. Uh, so you won't even get considered. Then, then it goes through the stage of it gets on someone's desk and there's sort of flick through and they think, oh blimey they've 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 sort of got a long career here maybe we're not looking for someone like that there's there's lots of different reasons to be honest with you and uh i think over the time uh that i've seen this and we we set this up just over a year ago but unfortunately we didn't really get much traction but that was purely down to us um but we're now pushing very very hard and we're making contact and inroads with quite a few uh leaders in business and organizations and charities that, that we're, we're beginning to partner with um, that can help us on our way and get this message out there to see what we can do. So we, we, we want to be able to go into organizations with our full training uh, methods and, uh, and also leave them uh, with, with certainly difference of opinions in terms of how they should be treating these people. So I know that's a very long answer, uh, but that's what we're all about.
0: But a very complete one. So when, whenever I um, speak to someone about discrimination, I think the most important thing for me first is to understand why does someone have uh, lower chances to get a work uh, or a job, for example. So um, speaking about this pink elephant in the room that people maybe tend to not speak mm. about, but understanding, for example, why, why would someone not, not look at a CV of a, um, of a person with a an old, old, an higher age, for yeah. example um and i think one one point that came to my mind in the beginning when i read about the topic um and this is something you you mentioned right now is the culture aspect so i think especially i'm working right now in the uh, software as a service tech uh, young startup industry Um, So, obviously, here within these firms, culture, company culture becomes a pretty big thing. Um, It's so important for performance and, uh, yeah, and and, uh, achieving goals in business to make sure we get along well with each other. We spend time outside business. We have drinks uh, together. We organize team events. All of these things have become so important parts of new work, I would say, Um, and then, I actually remember one company, specifically not going to name it, um, that have actually sent a, re- a rejection to an older person because they were like, it just doesn't fit our yeah, culture. Yeah. But then, does it really make sense? So what is our culture about? We look for driven, motivated people um, that can do the job. Um, and I think the one thing that, that um, people from higher age definitely have is experience and not only experience when it comes to the job but also life experience they look at things differently we speak about diversity and we want to uh, we want to take decisions diversified this is not just about having women and men on the board this is about having people from different age groups from different cultures nations experiences and i think this is and this is also basically the story from the intern uh, from the from yeah, the movie
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um showing that this different perspective and this this sort of being different than the others this can be so beneficial it can
1: can. i think i think and this is the whole point of (laughs) of sort of working in an environment that has what uh, is called a a multi-generational workforce you often will have uh people that work together who who might have 30 possibly even 50 40 rather uh, 40 years between them in ages but each of them learns something each of them Work together by by bringing something to the table. C- culture is a very difficult thing to to sort of understand sometimes with people that that If you say that uh, as you've just mentioned yes you you, you share um, activities outside of work that's fantastic. But if you have someone who is of the older generation who decides that actually you know, they're not into partying anymore. They're not into getting drunk. They can't. They don't want to dance or whatever. That's fine. Um, but actually, if that person is doing their job and they are a good work colleague and everyone gets on with them, uh, the, the outside of the business thing shouldn't even come into question. It's, it's about the individual and how everyone works with that individual. Uh, do they get benefit from them or don't they? I understand if someone doesn't quite fit in. I do get that. Uh, but it should really be around the 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 work environment and not the social aspect it's great if they take part in the social side of things um, I try to uh, you get limited of course um, I uh, for instance I, I I actually don't drink anymore but that's a personal choice um, but but in, in my younger days I did and I think you know if you go out and and and, and really sort of spend time with people, that's fantastic. But it's something that really shouldn't be held against others because you can have younger people who don't drink, you can have younger people who don't like that side, they just wanna go home.
0: Simply uh, like yeah. introverted people. So like, exact, that's yeah. exactly my thought um, in here. So only because you, you you do not, or you look at a specific age range or or gender, or just a specific profile that you have in mind would fit mm. perfectly. You can't really read that from the CV. You have to get to know the person. This is why we have individual interviews and assessment center and meet the people yes. in place to make sure we understand how they are. And I think this first, um, uh, how do you say, it? when uh, the first uh, mm. selection? Yeah. So when you choose who to mm. who to speak to, just from the the motivation letter or or the CV. This, this should be out of age and gender and, and culture or anything, because this should only be yep. the competence. Does it fit the profile yep. that that is needed, that is necessarily needed to do a good job? What are the key criteria? And I think sometimes, this is also something I got from the last episode with John and, uh, and Mark, um, sometimes people tend to to over uh, over engineer their their employee profile looking at what are all the things these people have to be able to do and this is not really true like Mm. think about the core what are the core activities or the core competencies someone really needs to do this job and then look at all the I I think
1: one of the um, things that, that has been mentioned many times in articles and quotes and people like to quote it is is People buy from people, not from businesses. You uh, and 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 also, if, if you're in a work environment, uh, I think another. I'm trying to remember what the phrase is now, but it's some it some goes on the lines of something like, um, you know, you you leave your boss, not the company. Uh, and and what they're trying to say there is is how people interact and how people work together. And and it is very much a people thing because I've been a firm believer for many many years that uh, an organization is only as good as its employees a lot of people will say uh, money is king or cash is king yes of course you need your clients but at the end of the day if you don't treat your employees all equal and treat them like they're valued then you're never going to get the best out of your employees i i i used to always make sure that uh, everyone who worked in in my organisations um, were, were treated with respect, were looked after. And if I, if I expected them to work through the night, sometimes, unfortunately, in weekends, I made sure that that, that was well uh, respected. They were valued. They got something back for it. Might have been a day off. It might have been a free meal. I might have taken the, the team out for a night or something. But the more you give back, the more you will receive from them. And I think when people try and just run a business in a black and white fashion, they will always, they, they, they may get business, they may survive, that's fine, but they certainly won't get loyalty from their employees. And, and I do believe that you will get more from your employees if you include them. Uh, and it goes back to that inclusivity. Uh, you, we, we all talk about diversity, which yes, it's out there, but to me, it always starts with inclusivity. If you include everyone, in everything you do and you include everyone uh, with your decision-making and you include them in everything that you're trying to achieve, the diversity bit should actually just naturally fall into it because it, it in a way, shouldn't exist. So I think I think from, from treating your employees, no matter what age, race, or whatever they are, um, it, it, if, if you do it right, you're going to get so much more back from them.
0: Yeah, uh, 100% agree also on the on the aspect with diversity and inclusion. I think we do a lot of stuff already when Mm. it comes to diversity. So, uh, so tech companies try as hard as possible to get um, more women into their, their tech. Teams because they know, um, the women are underrepresented in, in their tech teams. Um, we, we have quotas. We have like, we get these diversity topics Mm. back and forth and up and down. But the one thing that is not often or often not look at, looked at is, um, is inclusion. So if we have a diverse workforce, how can we make sure these people, these different people, diversified people are able to work together in the most efficient and effective and, and, uh, fruitful way that is possible Um, uh, how can we make sure they communicate to each other correctly when it comes to differences and make the best of it and see it as uh, I would say diversified perspectives rather than um, inconvenient discussions about different no I I totally
1: agree I totally agree because (laughs) organizations can tick as many boxes as they like that they've Increase the the number of females they've, they've taken on board they've increased the number of ethnic minorities they've taken on board and you can go on and on and on and uh they will then publish their results that how great they've been because they're now leveling the playing field fantastic but it should not stop there it, 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 as you've just said, it's all about the inclusion. If you've got these people on board, don't just tick a box and say, we've done it. Then make sure that those people are actually valued in, in the organization. There is the equality uh, within that organization and everyone is included in whatever capacity they need to be included uh, to make sure the ongoing they feel valued and they are valued and they're giving back as much to the organization as the organization is giving to them
0: yeah and coming back to the culture aspect because now you've, you've mentioned something that that uh, stuck to me as well when mm. it comes to company culture company culture is not just about having drinks together and going out and uh and, and doing activities company culture mostly is about values how yes. do we behave with each other what 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 do we look for in an employee for example is it Respect, drive, um, curiosity, um, what, whatever it is, and companies nowadays spend a lot of time on defining this. This is something you can get from any age, from any culture, yeah. from from any gender. So give everyone an equal chance to present themselves and prove that that they bring the right values and the right yes. competencies on the table. And um, and can yes, yeah the course. company can benefit absolutely from it.
1: absolutely
0: so uh one thing that what w- i would be very curious about since you obviously have been working with many companies now and um uh probably as well with many people from higher age that that took your support in in finding mm. a career path or a job Um, How you've mentioned a few challenges already. So people struggle with finding a job when they're from a higher age. Um, uh, Integration, inclusion um, can be struggling because obviously there might be not in in the mood anymore to go out for drinks and do all that. So what would you say when it comes to the the major challenges? What sort of solution would you give to, to a company or a leader or a hiring manager when it comes um, to not only hiring people from older age, but also including them um, within the OK, I, I think
1: from my perspective, um, the the inclusion part of encompassing older workers into the equation for hiring, uh, organisations could, if they took a step back, understand what it is these people can bring to, to the organisation. One of the things that, that is clear, if, if we if we were very specific about whether it be some sort of medical um, or technical solution, yeah, of course, you know, somebody who's been in in work for thirty, forty years may not be up to date with mo- the most technical issues that uh, are out there and and the advance in in Uh, technology however if you look at the softer skills that some of these people can bring and softer skills is always very difficult to to equate to but it can be organizational it can be how someone handles themselves in a in a conflictive uh, environment it can be how people can mentor uh, other people that haven't yet been in positions that that would require some sort of empathy towards others they just put their head down and get on with their job so for me it's it's really understanding what these individuals can bring to the table and i think one of the things i was quite interested in just as an aside is i wrote uh, an article last year and uh in it i specifically um quoted an organization that that hired um just based on the individual so what that meant was that they had open roles and they just invited people based on a letter uh, that was sent to them so no cvs no nothing and they interviewed these people based on them as an individual and that's quite powerful because Getting back to what you said a few moments ago, it, it's about what an individual can bring. It's about them as a person. What is it that we can gain from the experience and the skills that this individual has to help us achieve whatever the role they're looking to fill uh, needs to be done? I think for for me, it's really about forget the the past technical skills. Forget what you did thirty years ago. It's it's sort of like you know uh, some of the people who. Who apply for roles? They're asking. You, you you get the the standard nonsense questions of what exams did you uh, get results for? Uh, and you think, well, hang on, I I took those thirty years ago or forty years ago. Does that really matter? Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> great. It's great. You know, I'm 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 a technical yeah. consultant, and should I put down I got my my geography GCSE down and I passed it forty years ago? Who cares? You know, quite frankly, it is about the individual. One of the issues that I do see, however, just to sort of try and put it on a level playing field, is that recruiters and organizations, and probably even more so now because of the the COVID uh, situation we all find ourselves in, Probably get inundated with hundreds, if not thousands, of CVs coming through. So, to expect those people to be able to read every single one is difficult. I think one of the issues that maybe uh, really can be overcome a little bit quickly is when applying for roles if they can put together a personal statement like somebody would be when they're applying for a university place, for instance, uh, or, or students are asked to put down, uh, to write a personal statement, a personal statement uh, when you're applying for a job is a good thing. A covering letter is a good thing, but it's not, it's not selling your wares in such a way that why you're the greatest. It's what qualities that you can bring that that any organization potentially would be grateful for. So, so my 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 sort of parting comment, I suppose, to organization and recruiters is to take more note of of these types of things as against just going through a CV and seeing does that word that I'm looking for exist in the CV or doesn't it? Otherwise, you would end up with a CV that has 10 pages, whereas they ask for two, three or four pages and you can't fit everything in, particularly if you've got a very long career. So for me, it's, it's sort of try and open up uh, a little bit more understanding of what people can bring to the table as against a specific technical skill of, of any sort and really sort of understand where they will make a difference. Uh, it, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. I know. I get that. I, I'm not being unreasonable. But I think for for the older worker, they need to focus on what it is they can bring to an organization that may be slightly different than a normal candidate and, and put it in a cover letter. Uh, and you don't have to keep changing your cover letter. You can just do one and just change the odd word now and again. But but we're really trying to get organizations to open up and look more at the older workforce in the best way they can. But again, if they've got 500 to 1000 CVs for every job, uh, I get it, they can't do that. So it's a bit of a catch 22, unfortunately, as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge. So when you have many, many CVs, and the yeah. bigger the company, the more CVs. And as you said, nowadays, especially with the pandemic, mm-hmm. many people lost their jobs. So um, it's getting uh, more it difficult is. and more difficult for recruiters. How do how, how do I filter down in the best way? Who are the candidates that really fit in? But I think it starts with the um with the job posting. So what kind of qualities am I looking for within this job posting? Is it really 10 years of work experience in this and that field um, or a, a degree of, I don't know, or should I more look at skills and competencies that, that help a person yeah, to yeah. succeed within the specific role? Um, and one one thing that, that came up to my mind, mm-hmm. I really'd like to know your thoughts on this. Um, what do you think about sending um, it's not anonymous CVs, but like um, like uh, CVs without seeing the name, gender, age or picture of a person. So basically, yeah, just yeah. I, I think
1: I think uh, that's that's a good idea, <laughs> uh, but I would go one step further um if if someone can demonstrate that they have the experience and the skills to do a particular role, I would say you can leave <clears throat> excuse me you can leave qualifications off too now the reason I say that is that if you look at the older worker to, in today 's society uh, i've got i 've got four children so i their their upbringing their education was very very different than mine when when I was at school and, and sort of trying to make my way uh, in the big wide world. Back in the 70s, specifically 60s and 70s, people did not necessarily think I'm going to do my uh, school work. I'm going to obtain my exams. I'm then going to go to college and I'm then going to go to university, get my degree, and then I'm going to work in, in, in an organization that I want to work for in the field that I've chosen. In those days, the aim was to get out to work. Um, a lot of people simply didn't go to university unless you were specific in terms of uh, I don't know if you clearly if you wanted to be a doctor or a physicist or, or, or that type of thing or a computer engineer, you might have chosen to go to university. But people in those days weren't necessarily prepared to give up three years uh, of their life. Uh, going to some educational institution when they could have been out working. That was the mentality in those days. So often when you get job postings uh, that, that literally you read everything on a job posting and you think, I tick every single box that they've asked for, plus a lot more. Oh, wait, they want a degree. Oh, that means that uh, I can't apply for it anymore. So I, I, I think I think in terms of yeah. what you can offer... Absolutely. It, 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 it's one of the things is, is don't, don't worry too much about what you did over 20 years ago. Forget that. Just focus on the last 15 to 20 years. If you did that, you had no age, no gender um, and even up to a point, no, no uh, specific educational achievements. If you've got somebody with 30 to 40 years experience, who cares what their educational achievements were 30 years ago?
0: Yeah. And also there must be so much yeah. of experience that they gained in this time. So just because they prioritize in a way, which, which ones yeah. they choose to put on their CV and to show you doesn't mean that they don't have the things that you were looking for. So I think um, also when, when you get the wrong applications yeah. and you don't find the right candidate, 50% of the, the more than 50% of the work and responsibility is at the hiring manager. So maybe the job posting yeah. was not appealing yeah. for yeah. the right. I, people I, I, I I've
1: challenged for. the number of organizations in fact uh quite sad to say that that uh, one of the organizations in the uk that suffers right now um is the nhs purely because of the pandemic uh but i, I had a conversation with somebody hmm. two weeks ago that was applying on their their website for for a job not not a medical job but just literally an admin type role and they they were going through the application process and because they, they, when they were at school, they decided they didn't really take school seriously. and They went straight to work. They didn't achieve any exams. And that's fine. They, they did very well for themselves over the next 30 to 40 years, got climbing up the ladder, doing various different senior roles. But because they could not demonstrate that they had obtained the basic exam results that were required, the application online application would not proceed.
0: This is, this is terrible, and well, is, well, these I, are many I've companies read, that still
1: work to, like that. Uh, twice now, and I've still not got a reply, unfortunately, uh, to the head of uh, the recruitment side of that particular NHS trust, asking them what they think about it, and why will they not think of changing their, their uh, online application process because it's just discriminating, uh, not, not just against older people, funny enough. Uh, it can be discriminating against others. You know, you get youngsters these days who, who, who just play around at school, don't take things seriously, go out to work. And 10 years later, they're doing very well for themselves. But because they played around at school and didn't get that exam result that they're supposed to be putting on this online application, but they're more than qualified, they will still be discounted. So there's many, many things wrong with the recruitment process that I see. Yeah.
0: And I think so. At least from my side, I would never blame a company for doing it like this, because obviously, mostly companies have different challenges. Yep. As it might be, we get too many applications, and we have not enough workforce to go through all of them. Yep. So we need to find a way to select them before, uh, before I, heading, I, them to, the, heading them over to the that, to the recruitment but, but manager. But
1: to me, it's about um, it, it's more about measuring the 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 right things. It, it, it's. If, if, if you had someone sit down, uh, my, my, over my career, I, I, I've, I specialize in processes. Um, I've done many, many quite senior roles throughout my career, but, but at, at heart, uh, I'm an analyst. So processes are quite important to me, doing things in the right way, but also why are we doing things in this particular way and what can we challenge about it? So to me, it's about measuring the right thing. So, for instance, is is having a degree or is having certain educational qualifications the right measure? Yeah, that that that's the question I would ask.
0: Yeah, and this is this is what I meant as well. So, yeah. I, I, when I said I'm not I'm not blaming, uh, because obviously there might be reasons and even positive reasons why they've started initially to do the process like that. But if someone realizes yeah. that it ends up in discrimination and you you are not able to give everyone an equal chance that has the capacity of doing the job, then obviously you need yep. to listen to the people giving you that feedback. And then you need to work together. And luckily there are organizations such as yours yep. um, that help these people figure out what is the ideal path and how, how can we do it in a better way Uh, Absolutely. It's it's not about challenging these people
1: and putting them in the spotlight and saying, you're very bad at what you're doing. It's about just educating them. As I said earlier, it's about educating and training people uh, how they how they operate and why they operate in that way. And what the alternatives are and what the benefits of those alternatives would bring to their organization and the positive results, hopefully.
0: 100% agree. So... Uh, i could continue this conversation for many many more hours to be honest <laughs> i'm i'm always happy to to meet people even when virtually meeting people um that that have the same passion and perspective on on such a topic and uh so i'm very glad we yes, found the time and we had the opportunity to connect um Uh, For everyone else who's listening to this episode and would like to know more about age diversity, about your your network and how you do things or maybe even get an advice. Uh, I think we we do have a a, a
1: website, which is www.agediversitynetwork.com. We're about to relaunch that. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen now until the beginning of next year but we do have a website there <laughs> we can be contacted through that but the best way to do it to be honest with you would be on LinkedIn we actually have our own page on there again it's the age diversity network page uh we 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 are trying to build our following we only set the page up uh I think It might have been this year or last year, but did nothing with it. And then thought, actually, we need to start now promoting this. So we've gained a number of followers, not massive. Uh, We'd we'd, we'd like to increase that, obviously. But we are connecting, or I am connecting, uh, with some quite senior and powerful people in the industry, which obviously will be pushed towards age diversity networks. So I think the best way is to go on to LinkedIn, probably, uh, follow our page. And if anyone wants to contact us, then contact me and connect with me on LinkedIn personally, uh, Mike O'Reilly. It is on my profile that uh, uh, I, I founded the Age Diversity Network. So hopefully they should be able to find me. And I'm more than happy to talk to anyone.
0: Perfect. So we, we're definitely making sure that um, to link both of your profile and the, the Age Fantastic. Diversity Network's uh, company profile. Yes. Function. So to make it a Great. bit Thank easier you. to the others um, to find you as well. Cool, um then thanks a lot. We'll end the episode yeah. the exact way we've started with our ritual, so as you've replied to Mark and John's question in the beginning of the episode, you've got the chance now to ask a question to our next guest, which can be yeah. literally anything related to equality, diversity, inclusion, something yeah. that you'd like to hear another expert okay
1: on. So um obviously my leave question the floor is to going you to be specific to the cause that I'm, I'm passionate about, which is age diversity in the workplace. So my question would be to your next guest, what is the one thing you would do to change how employees and employers can change perceptions by accepting older workers in the workplace?
0: Really nice one. Okay, I'm I'm already <laughs> curious to hear the next uh, the next speaker's answer on this. Hopefully, That's... you're gonna check out the next episode as well. I can't wait <laughs> or to hear uh, what they say. Nice. So, um, Mike, thanks again to you. Um, thanks, uh, thanks to our listeners um, and for everyone to listen uh, to to keep us posted, also with with your feedback and uh, and what you're interested in. So, um, whenever you'd like us to add something, to ask specific questions, um, to deep dive into a specific topic, yes, or simply to give us feedback to say continue what you're doing. Uh, feel free to connect us, uh, connect with us yeah. on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and on Facebook. You'll yeah. find us everywhere with the name Equality in Business. Every input and feedback is highly, highly appreciated. Okay. Um, and you'll hear us for our next episode, as usual, in two weeks. So on the 6th of November. Until then, stay healthy no and safe.